case you guys are new here, uh, my name is Ralph. I, my wife, Cindy, and I are campus pastors here in Lethbridge, uh, which is kind of like you'd say our broadcast campus, right? We send the messages out from here to all the campuses. And uh, I just want to say that Pastor Kelly and Joy Lynn are back from sabbatical. Last week they were here. I don't know if you guys saw them. They're in our facility. So it was great to see them back, but they were off on sabbatical, realigning. Yeah, give it up for them. They are an amazing leaders. And uh, they're in Tabor this week at our Tabor campus, just visiting again. They're going to go to all the campuses uh, and just, just get to know people and see people because, you know, a lot of things happen throughout the summer. And, uh, and then we're excited to have him back in the pulpit on o- in the 1st of October for another brand new series. And we had this series planned, I believe, for a while now, Parallel Playbook it is, and that's the football theme. As you know, Pastor Kelly's a big football fan, so he's missing out on this opportunity. And I'm a huge football player, as you can tell by my stature. Um, just being a little transparent, I paid for the Kate Andrews Spartans. Any Kate Andrews Spartan fans here? Are they still called the Spartans? They are, right on. Well, our season, we never won a game. But that wasn't important, because what we learned was we could have fun. Anyways, I was, it was my rookie year. At grade 10, I played. I was 135 pounds, so a massive young man. And I think I was third or fourth string quarterback, because that way, I mean, how do you mess that up? Uh, anyways, I uh, just want to tell you, just my sports thing. So we, we would play, and, and the odd time we wouldn't do the junior varsity game, so we would just, the game would start, and we'd be there in our uniforms, and Kate Andrews' uniforms were blue at that time, and then white pants. Not any other marks on the pants, just white, like you were beaming white. This is the whitest of white pants. And uh, we would get to halftime, and of course I hadn't played yet, because I'm third string, and they want to at least get some points. And uh, we would go back to the gym after. It'd be like an intermission where all the girls were. And yes, I wasn't married. And I was interested. Maybe, maybe the uniform will help meet some girls. But going in there totally white and unscathed was super embarrassing. And so evident why he's not playing. He didn't do a thing. So me and my buddy would go occasionally. This is just a confession. Occasionally. And maybe drag each other behind the bench before we got to go in there. <laughs> Hopefully we'd get some grass stains on our pants because it was like, yeah, yeah, it was tough. Who good hit. It's like, no, no hits at all. We just sat on the bench. Anyways, but that, maybe that's why they were losing, right? But that was my experience with football. Um, yeah, it wasn't that much. That, that put my interest onto motocross, which I continued to do that until three years after I was married. So back into, into my mid-20s racing motorcycles, you got really dirty doing that. Right? And you, were owning, you owned your own stuff in that sport, so I enjoyed doing that. But this one, Parallel Playbook, is our series, and it's really, a, it's, a, it's the values of Parallel Church is what you're getting. So if you're brand new here, it's perfect, and if you've been coming for a while, um, you're going to, hopefully I'll represent this message well to you. It's called Love All. That's our first thing. You, you've heard me and Pastor Jeremy and whoever's up on the platform at the end for next steps. First next step is what? Love all. There we go. Jeremy knows because he just said it today. But you guys should be knowing that, like right off the bat. And you'll see these giant banners in our lobby. The first one over here to the right. Disruption. No, um, what's the one? Disruption? No, love all. Which one fell? Disruption Disruption fell. Yeah, so it was very disruptive. (laughs) Nobody got hurt. It just fell in the lobby there. It's like, oh, okay. I think Tim and Jen are preaching that one. But um, the first one's love all. And I'm just going to read here what a playbook is, because I had to look it up. I'm like, a playbook. I'm pretty sure that was, you know, it's football terms, but it could be any sport, actually. And it can still align with how you do church. So a playbook is a document or collection of instructions that outline strategies for achieving certain goals. It's a guide that will give you the direction to achieve those goals. So it gives you the plays, and if you do it that way, or if that's your culture, that's what we would say here, if we do church in a certain way, 
and is purposeful on that, we should see results from that. And many times as a church or Christians, we think we're doing something, but if we're not seeing any results, are we really doing it in the right methods? If we're preaching the message that Jesus preached, are we reaching the people that Jesus reached? If there's not broken and hurting people approaching church to go, I need something in my life, you know, have mercy. They're not going to ask us, but if we get out of the way and allow them to see who Jesus is, then there's some kind of a draw towards them. And that's kind of what we do. We do anything short of sin to reach people, meaning we mess with many, many methods just to bring a point across that this is a real authentic thing that we do as believers, and it will have a real authentic impact on your life if you follow. So as a church, if we were not to be in our community, what would happen? You know, you have to ask yourself that. Why are we here? And if we're here just for us inside this room, What's the purpose of that? I've done ministry now 20, full-time 21 years and been a part of this church for like 38 years. And there were seasons, I'll admit, that we, we didn't see the fruit necessarily of, of our labor. So I'm wondering, were, were those methods and labors, were they ineffective? Was it us or what was the problem with that? But then we had these leaders called Pastor Kelly and Joy Lynn come alongside and, and started to impart the direction of our church. And, and we as a team felt what was in our heart and started communicating that in very realistic terms of how we wanted to impact our community. And if we didn't, what would the evidence be? Or what would happen if Parallel Church didn't exist? If you guys didn't exist? Would our communities miss us? Would there be a difference in the divorce rates if we weren't here? Would there be more people hurt from addictions, financial hardships, and broken relationships? Would there be kids without school supplies this fall? I mean, think about it. Over 1,600 kids received backpacks as we partnered with a whole bunch of agencies and different businesses coming alongside that nobody had to go to school without a backpack and just a little lunch bag or something. I don't know what else they would do, but... And I'll tell you, there's people lined up. They weren't just there, well, I just came here for the... Might as well, it's free. They were lining up for an hour before. And, and you couldn't tell by looking at that line that they would be in that situation unless you knew a little bit more about them maybe. And that's what I love. It's like, okay, there's more to what we're doing. There's a greater impact to what we're doing than what we would think. And all 1,600 of those kids now are going to school this week with their stuff, their backpacks full of things. And mom, yeah, it's because of you guys. And the community coming alongside and loving people without even knowing their story. Without even knowing their story. Because, I mean, I, I admit, again, I was a little bit skeptical at first. Like, some people were like, oh, man, I'll take a free backpack. No, I wouldn't line up for an hour unless I really needed it. And when you see that, you go, the impact that we get to have, and it's not just this inside this room. There's other communities and other businesses that come alongside. They go, this is loving people. When, when people see that action of love in the community, whether they're a Christian or not, they just think it's the right thing to do. And they know it. There's something inside of us that wants to do what's right for those around us. And I think that's God's little whispering. This is what love's about. This is what life's about. Much better than receiving when you can put, have a heart like that. Would there be young adults going to grad through a Cinderella project? There'd be a lot of kids that would put all the work in through high school and, and ready for grad, but no, I'm a three or $400 dress, forget it. I'm not going, I'm not even going, I'm not gonna go looking like this. And Cinderella Project comes alongside and says, we love you. 
come in here. We're going to give you dignity. You shop alone. I think we had, I don't know how many thousands of dollars worth of dresses. It was, I think we maybe 100 or 150, just think about it, because they're $800 dresses, some of them, in a room. And the team set it up like a, like a princess shop. And these girls walk through who maybe had no hope, but a little bit of humility to say, yeah, I could use a hand. I wouldn't mind graduating. And the stories of them going in and the parents crying when they see them in their gown. And I'm like, that's loving. Oh, man. How many people wouldn't feel safe to explore a relationship with Jesus through what we do, we get to do? The re- religious things that we put aside so that they can gl- get a glimpse of what God's love is really about. Not about a bunch of rules, but a bunch, a huge relationship that he can just speak to your heart and go, man, I don't know what that guy was talking about, but it just seems right. I could align with this. I could see this. That's what we're about. I myself don't know where I would be. I say that all the time. I don't know where I'd be if Cindy and I didn't stumble into a relationship with Jesus and feel that I'd be accepted regardless of how good I was in a football field or (laughs) what I did on the weekends. At that time, it was the labor club in Lethbridge, and we were in a cabaret the night before and then stumbled into a church service the next day in the same facility going, they still love us. How? Why? What is it about them? Well, it's Jesus. If we get out of the way enough, they'll see him. So this series is based on our values. Those banners in the lobby, they're based on our values, each one of them. Number one is love all. We acknowledge the imperfection in ourselves and those in our community, but are dedicated to loving all all. Perfect, imperfect, we're all in the same boat. This is a great group of people here, imperfect in many ways. So you fit. If you haven't got your life together or you, maybe you think you do, you fit still because you're likely to go, ouch, that hurt. I don't love that person very much. Maybe I could love a little more. Number two is community. We build a safe and lasting community of individuals on a parallel journey. However much you align with us, it's safe to come here. It's safe to participate. It's safe to walk along enough till you can see the direction it is and see if that direction is going to have an impact on your life. And as you begin to follow and express, communicate and express what Jesus was like, he, he comes into your life. He starts to whisper when you go that. You, you, know, you know the way to go. And that's why we have connect groups that people can come along and get a relationship. Because you guys, like Jeremy will say at the end, you, won't, you probably won't get to know anybody very much today. You might on the patio, but, but there's going to be things that you're going to go through regardless of your journey that's going to help somebody else. And there's somebody else in this room likely that if they knew what you've already been through, that would encourage them, right, in that direction. So that community, what we have in common is important. And Jesus reached the most uncommon groups of people and made an example out of his love for them that just messed with religious people. Gnashing their teeth at him. So much anger, so much insecurity of who he was and what he said he was doing. Number three, authenticity. We're authentic in our vision and dedicated to the community we're building. We're just being real. That's the best way to do it. I can't, I can't fake this. <laughs> and I typically come with a little bit of disclaimer, but... I would at least say, at least I'm authentic and real and feel okay. I mean, call me out on something if you like, but I'm just trying to be real because there's probably somebody listening to go, yeah, I can relate to that. I've, I've, I felt that way too. Number four is disruption. I had trouble with this one because I was like, why are we supposed to be protesting? No, I want to learn how to protest without holding signs. It's not going to work. 
We redefine what it means to be a part of a church community, creating engaging, impactful experiences, grounded in love, mercy, integrity. We're going to disrupt kids going to school without a backpack. (laughs) We're going to be very disruptive in that way because we're going to help them. I don't care what their story is, we're going to help them. We're going to have food available for people that just couldn't quite feel through a relationship that they could go to a food bank, but they could just say, look, I just need something for one day. Can somebody help me? And on our Facebook group, Parallel Lethbridge Facebook group, we've, we've helped people with, you've helped people with beds and stoves and fridges and cars. People authentically loving one another through disruptive things. You should sell it. No, we're going we're gonna to get away with that. We don't, for what the impact that I'm going to have on somebody's life, it's worth more than that vehicle could ever be worth. So we love all. I got a bunch of scriptures for you guys today. John 13, 34. And this is our guiding verse. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. You must love one another. That's must, meaning you must love one another. In this whole message, you're going to see that. Putting aside our differences and arguments and loving one another and seeing in the scripture, does it talk about that being a powerful experience of what you can experience as a believer? And I believe you'll see that. So this is Jesus' command. It's how he taught his disciples to live differently than religion. This isn't a religion. We're talking about one, you guys are here for one hour today, spending about 35 minutes listening to me. But the real impact is what you take from here and do with it the rest of your week. Amongst your family, amongst your schoolmates. The permission that you have to act out, communicate and demonstrate what Jesus was like, that's what it's about. This Sunday experience is really cool and nice and fun and it's great. It's just a, it's only a small part of what we're called to do. If we think this is it, we're missing it, man. We're really missing it. It's, it's fun, but it's just, man, there's so many things you can do for an hour. But nothing will be like the impact that Jesus has had on us. John 17, 20, I ask not only of these disciples, for these disciples, but also for all those who will one day believe in me through their message. So he somehow knew that, that we would be experiencing the same challenges that he did if we preach like he preached. We still... The world still hasn't learned anything, and the church, in many ways, we continually to learn things about what Jesus wanted us to do. And he seemed to know that. Not only for these ones, but all those one day believe in me through their message. So that message that continues to go forward, realigning with the truths of what Jesus brought. Then this scripture. This is Jesus' last recorded prayer while he was on earth. The last thing he said, and he prayed for us, which is so cool. Each and every one of you here today. It says, John 17, 21. It says, I pray for them all to be joined together as one, even as you and I, Father, are joined as one. I pray for them to become one with us so that the world will recognize that you sent me. Jesus said our unity would be a witness, that we would be one. If we can just get along, that would be a witness. Not our theology, not how right we are, not all the good behaviors, things we don't do, Don't drink, don't smoke, don't hang out with the girls that do. All those things. Not that, but how we get along with one another. Because in that is where you're going to be challenged. In those relationships that you have with one another, you're going to go, wow, this is tough. Like, I'm not getting along right now, but there's something in me and there's something in this experience that I can learn from this individual. And God's asked me to do it. He said, must love one another. What a challenge that is. I'm not sure about you today, but I don't agree with everybody I meet. 
And as a pastor here, I often get the emails or the letters that ask us, what do we stand against? Like, what are you, what's your guys' statement of faith? We get that one. And, and, and it's okay. We send them to our website. We go, these are our values, meaning statement of faith, so to speak. And how we do that is, is going to be very diverse by the congregation because there's people that are going to lean this way or that way about worship and all sorts of things, but we come together as one. It's more important to be one on these things in agreement than to be divisive. I don't know about you guys. If I see two people fighting, I don't want to go get involved. I, I kind of like stay back because I used, I used to be really good at hitting guys in their fist with my face. <laughs> I was just really good at that. I was like, oh man, did you see that? His left hook, I got him right there. <laughs> so I didn't want to get involved in fights. And because of my previous experience with alcohol, I used to get in the odd scrap once in a while that I shouldn't have. But people don't want to get along, go around, get around people that are all fighting. And religion and church can end up being that way, being more divisive of what we don't believe than the truths that we stand on. And that can be so hurtful. There's such an opportunity in that unity. So we allow these guide, this guiding verse to drive us on. Unity, but not uniformity. We don't just do what everybody else does. It's more important to be one than to be right. I don't need to agree with me to prove my point. There's, there, there's got to be a certain degree of, it's okay if you don't have to agree with me. If we really believe it, why do we have to convince everybody around us? Why, is, why are we so dependent on their response to what we believe for it to be true? It's confidence. It's something inside you saying, the evidence isn't there, Maybe that I'm right, but God just, I see it in his word as a truth in my life. And I don't have to fight them or tell them they're wrong to do that. I just have to have enough of a relationship that if I'm living it out, they're going to see it. And walk it out with us. John 17, 22. For the very glory you have given to me, I have given them so that they will be joined together as one and experience the same unity that we enjoy. Unity again. The very glory you've given to me. Glory means God's fullness, his presence. And, and sometimes we can celebrate. You know, when we all sing together, you can really feel his presence in here. I don't know about you, but it's like, wow, that was so powerful. But that shouldn't just be happening in here. What if we were just unified, no matter where we were in an experience, that people would just come alongside because they go, man, there's something about his presence. And I think, did I tell you guys about Shop of Wonders? Shopping at Shop of Wonders, I wasn't on the team this time when they were doing it, but they went through Toys R Us and they had like, I don't know, five shopping carts full of toys going through Toys R Us. And people are going, what, what are you guys doing? How many kids do you have? And they began to share, man, this is just for families going through a tough time. We build a toy shop and the parents, full of dignity, can go through one by one and choose the gifts for their kids that'll be perfect. And this is all donated by people. People coming alongside people in the community. People would see that and start going, I just want to be a part of that. Here's, here's 20 bucks. You know, that sounds so cool. Unbelievers coming alongside in unity and God's love impacting people on Christmas morning that would never have experienced it before. That's such a powerful thing. And many times they would follow them around the store and come back later and go, I don't know what guys, here's, here's another 50. What this, this is so cool. How can I be involved? They, they got people volunteering from all over the community, not just church people, because they see the impact. They see that expression of God's love and they want to be a part of it before they even know who he is. It's like following, what's this crowd doing? Well, Jesus is up there. Well, something cool is happening because look at the impact he's having until they get a little closer and realize it's him. 
That's what this love is about? I want to be a part of that. Can he do that for me? Yes. He loves you just the same. Don't look at what you don't have, what you aren't. Look at what he says you are. And then watch what the steps ahead are going to lead you to. It's a full life. That's God's glory. That's his presence. Again, I'm not against God's presence in a worship service, but I love seeing it in the community without one song being sang. We're just coming alongside people. This, man, we get to do this. You know, we get, we get, to, we get to help these people. Same with our, with our funerals, like our, our lunches that we've helped provide people that are even on the skirts of the church. We just have a relationship and say, man, we want to provide the meal for you guys. That's a tough thing to experience. Really? You, you want to do that for us? Yeah, we love you. That expression changes hearts. Love is our greatest weapon. John 17, 23. You live fully in me, now I live fully in them so that they will experience perfect unity. Unity again. Man, we're supposed to get along with each other. Go figure. And those outside here. We, we just aren't that arrogant to think we got it all together here. I love it when other churches and things partner alongside us. Fresh Start Recovery Center. Any Fresh Start people represented? Great people. Tremendously impacting our community. Just got another room for another 120 beds helping people out of recovery, into recovery. And we just, all we do is open up our facility, say, do your grads here. Yeah, and we got our team here and they put them up on the screen and we celebrate with them and they go, well, we, you know, in the 12-step program, there's a higher power. I'm not saying, well, that's Jesus. You better tell them it's Jesus. No. I think he can reach them. I think he can connect with them. And sure enough, many come and I do a lot of their fifth steps, which is the part where they confess. They call me Father Ralph. That's really cool. Uh, one of these days, I'm going to get that little caller. But uh, I was brought up Catholic, right? So, hey, Father Ralph. Anyways, but because uh, they don't know. They don't even know. But then they come here and go, man, I just feel accepted and loved here. I think this higher power that we've been talking about, I think it's got something to do with this Jesus guy. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And yet, we just come alongside, agree with what we agree on, that people need to be rescued from addictions. We just sang about it. It's a powerful, powerful thing to see that expression. The world will be convinced that you've sent me, and they will see that you love each other with the same passionate love you have for me. You live fully in me now. I live fully in them. Experience perfect unity. Man, that's powerful. His presence and unity coming alongside together. Relationships, not religion. This is another part right out of our playbook. This means we get involved in people's lives no matter how messy because we believe everybody matters to God whether God matters to them or not. It doesn't matter. God, I don't even know them. They just haven't met them. And maybe everybody they've come in contact or experience with is go, if that's God, I'm done. All he did was point out the faults, but I already know. I'm already hurting from this world. And now you're just going to tell me more? Thank you. No, thank you. No matter how messy whether God matters to them or not. I'm not. I don't have to convince them that he loves them. I just have to get out of the way enough that they can see it and put my own feelings aside and just get to know their name. Maybe, maybe share a little bit about where their heart is. That's what I get to do as a chaplain for the Lethbridge Fire Department. Pastor Kelly and I are both chaplains there. And a few of the guys said, I don't want none of that. He said a word, I won't say it, because they cut me off the first service. <laughs> I don't want any of that Jesus stuff. I'm like, that's Okay. 
And pretty soon I connected with this guy, and there was one event we did years ago. It was a Battle of the Bands, and his son got to be a part of that Battle of the Bands. They were a screamo group, and they were bashing each other. It was cool. <laughs> totally not Christian. That was the lyrics. I could, I could actually probably be in a, in a metal praise band. A good voice for that. Anyways, until the guy goes, he goes, you were that church that did that? Yeah, it was cool. Your son was a drummer. Oh, I remember him. All of a sudden, relationship. A little bit of love. Just a smidge of love. A little bit of acceptance. A little mustard seed of faith in somebody who wanted to have nothing to do with this guy. This Jesus guy. Acts 11, 1 to 3. I'm going to be closing here pretty quick. The apostles and believers throughout Judea heard that the Gentiles had also received the word of God. So when Peter went to Jerusalem, the circumcised believers criticized him and said, you went to the house of uncircumcised men and ate with them? I don't know how they knew that. It's a good question. <laughs> Just what I think is like, what's the label on that? I know what it is. Don't I understand that? But how they know? It's like, you went to that guy's house. Must have known him some point in his life. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's bad. Should have bleeped me on that one. You guys will get that on the way home. But, but, but don't we do that? You hung out with them, and we used to hear that quite often here, maybe still do. You know who they are? You know what? They, they go to your church. Do you know what? Yeah, of course. They're amazing people. I love it. Acts eleven fifteen. As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit came on them, and he had come on us in the beginning. Then I remembered that the Lord said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So if God gave them the same gift he gave us who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I to think that I could stand in God's way? Who are we to think that we can get in his way with what our religion is? If he wants to reach somebody and we drop that religion part, he'll reach them. Because in 17 it says, Acts eleven eighteen it says, when they heard this, they had no further objections. Praise God saying, so then even to the Gentiles, even to those people, that, that, that reach, those barriers coming down. Who are the even twos in our community? How can we reach them? How can we love them in some way? Man, that's a challenge for a lot of you, including me. Because this is going to mean putting a lot of sides of our beliefs in a sense and trusting God enough that if we just respond in love that he's going to impact them in somehow. Who are the even twos? So then, even to the Gentiles, God grants them repentance that leads to life. Today's takeaway, I told you I was going to quick, quickly finish this. We believe everybody matters to God, whether God matters to them or not. This morning, Anthony shared in our team meeting, and I do a lot of weddings. I use Corinthians 13. But when Anthony shared it this morning, he stole my message. He could have preached this whole message just from that team meeting. Anthony's a great guy, but it's Corinthians 13. You guys know this. It says, love is patient, love is kind. So as a pastor of Parallel Church, I like to say, Parallel is patient. Parallel is kind. Parallel does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It's not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Parallel does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. It always protects. Parallel always trusts always hopes always perseveres no matter what we're experiencing you guys I want you to feel that 
if we can step into that relationship with others and loving them, loving all, regard, and that's where the challenge comes in, is to be able to say, am I loving my community this way? Am I communicating and demonstrating who Jesus is? Because that's what he came to communicate, who God was. And the religious are like, no way. So we can expect opposition, but from the right people, I'm okay with that. I'm not trying to reach them. They're part of something already. That's between them and their maker, not me. It's not my responsibility to give. I'm not gonna, I just don't have to argue. I don't got time for that. There's people that are hurting and that need the hope that we have as a church, that we have in our hearts. And if we can begin to share that, what a powerful, exciting thing to be a part of. Let's pray. God, we thank you for everyone here today, God. We thank you for this message of love, God, that you've reached us uh, throughout all the religious, religious experiences that we've had. Somehow you get through, God. But God, we want to remove those barriers from our community. God, that we would put aside our own arguments or disagreements, God, and focus on your love and the impact that you can have on every single person's love and life. God, help us to be that representative of your love, Jesus. Teach us, help us to grow this season as we come alongside each other in groups and, and in our workplace and, and in those challenging relationships we have, God, that we would just grow in your love. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We always talk about that relationship with Jesus and it begins by, it says in Romans, confess, right? Confess with your mouth. So it's basically verbalizing, okay, man, I get, I'm getting this. And uh, I remember when I, Cindy and I prayed for the very first time, it was basically a, a track that scared the pants off of us, but that was back in those days. It was like, oh my gosh, is this real? And we thought, okay, and sure enough, we saw our life begin to change and, and we saw the experiences that we were having that were giving us struggles kind of fall to the side as in not important and, and realigning our love and our relationship with God. So we say a prayer every week and we invite people to do that along. And, and again, if, you, if you're here and you've never said this prayer, it's not a magic thing, but it's a declaration on your own heart. It's that little step, that little piece of faith that maybe there's something more going on than what religion is. <laughs> and, and just maybe that can have an impact on my life. Doesn't mean you're gonna change overnight but it'd be the best decision you ever made. So I'm gonna ask you guys to pray along with me and pray with all your heart today, just trusting. Dear Jesus, I believe that you are God. I believe that you died and rose again. I thank you for forgiving me of all my wrongs and that I have a new start with you here today. I give you my heart. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.